Oh Father, we thank you so much that you are there and you are a God who speaks. In comparison to so many gods around this world, so many people worship dumb idols. They cannot speak. They are deaf and dumb. But you, O oh God, have ears to listen to what we say and you also speak to us through your word. Lord, we pray that we may have ears to understand this morning. By your Holy Spirit's power, may we comprehend what you have said in your word and may we put into practice the truths contained there so that we may live for your glory. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, are you someone that likes to pass on difficult matters to others? When you have a difficult problem, do you like to try and solve it yourself? Or do you like to pass it on to someone who is more capable? I remember uh, one example as I was thinking about this through the week. Uh, when I was teaching as a podiatrist, I used to work as a podiatrist, as many of you know, and I was teaching at the university while I was doing my doctorate. And I remember teaching on clinic and this student, I'd left them in the room to get out an ingrown toenail and you go and look at other students. And you come back into the room and this student had gone on this patient with diabetes, which means it's all the more careful. Uh, you've got to be very careful about what you do because they can lose a toe if you do something wrong and they get an infection. And he had just gone with a beaver blade, which is like a very tiny little scalpel a chisel. He'd gone down and cut out this huge wedge of nail and he was going for the base of the nail. He was doing pretty much nail surgery without anaesthetic. And I came back in and was like, and what, oh, what, I, 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 what are you doing without trying to disturb the patient that they, something serious is going on here? Uh, you've got to try and keep a straight face. And I just remember looking at it going, oh no, how am I going to pull this problem, uh, rectify this problem? It was, uh, one of those moments in life where you go, oh dear. And, uh, and thankfully there was another podiatrist floating around and she just dropped in at that exact moment and, uh, looked at what was going on and, uh, and said, oh, Hmm. Hmm. Would you like me to take this one, Joel? I said, yes, please. That would be wonderful. Um, I'll go see to someone who's not destroying someone else's foot. Uh, and, uh, and so that's where I headed off. And I was just so pleased to be able to hand over to this podiatrist with 20 years of experience, um, to, to take care of this matter, uh, with this toenail, which I was sure would end up costing this poor patient their toe altogether. Uh, Thankfully, we can sometimes pass on difficult problems to those around us. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. We're going to be looking at this difficult situation and how the Israelites recognize we need to solve this problem. And they say, but it's a difficult problem and we need to pass it on to others. And this comes in Ezra chapter 10. Uh, we've been slowly working through this book and we've come to this part where the Israelites are now going to solve a problem that has arisen. If you, you should remember by now, I give a little recap every, uh, every week on where Ezra fits into the Bible. Basically, this is a period where the Israelites have come back from being in exile in Babylon. They've come back to the land of Israel and they're now seeking to worship God in his place with his temple and according to his law with Ezra the priest instructing them as to how they are to live. And while they're there, they've realized that we have a situation on our hands and that situation is that Israelites have been marrying people of other races, which means they've been marrying people who worship false gods, 
which was forbidden in God's law. And as a result of this sin that has been committed, the Israelites have decided we are going to separate those marriages. We're going to cause divorces to happen within those marriages. And so the Israelites who have married foreign women are now going to arrange for a divorce and send away the foreign women that they have married. Last week we looked at whether this is something that applies to us today and we saw from 1 Corinthians 7 that it does not apply to us that we should divorce those who are uh, worshippers of uh, other gods. But uh, now we're going to look at how do the Israelites go about getting all these divorces to take place. It's a difficult situation and they've now got to sort out how are we going to do it. And that brings me to my first main point this morning. The Israelites gave a difficult matter to their leaders. The Israelites gave a difficult matter to their leaders. If you want to follow my main points, they're printed on the back of the church bulletin there. And so we see that this is a really difficult matter for the Israelites and they recognize this and then want to give it over to their leaders. Why is it such a difficult matter for them to sort out? Can't they just take care of it while they're all there gathered at this meeting? We've been looking at how they've assembled. Everybody was meant to be there under the threat of church discipline. They're there and they've said in a loud voice in verse 12, you are right, we must do as you say. We must divorce all these uh, these couples. But they then say, but it's a really difficult thing to do. We know what the solution is, but it's difficult to take care of this. And they give four reasons in verse 13 as to why this is such a difficult thing to solve. And the first is that there are many people involved in it. Verse 13 says, but there are many people here. There are many people here. And so to try and sort this out, everybody's going to be having a voice. And there's always a bit of confusion when large crowds are present. If you've got a particularly large crowd, I mean, this is all the exiles have gathered there together. It's going to be difficult to try and sort this out with so many people here. And they also say it's the rainy season. And so we cannot stand outside. Imagine all these Israelites indoors trying to sort out all these mixed marriages and make sure that everybody divorces who is supposed to be divorcing those who have married foreign wives. And so they say we can't stand outside, which means it's cramped conditions. It's not like you've got them all outside and we're going to take a big boat and, every, and, the, and the noise of the people there sort of evaporates a bit outside. No, they're cramped conditions and that means everybody will get a little bit antsy and, uh, and start making rash decisions. And so they're saying, look, it's, it's a really difficult problem. There's lots of us here. We're inside, indoors. Noise is bouncing all around. It's going to be tricky to do this. And also... They say it's something that just can't be taken care of in a couple of days. Verse 13 says, but there are many people here and it is the rainy season so we cannot stand outside. Besides, this matter cannot be taken care of in a day or two. This is going to take some time to sort out all these marriages. It can't be taken care of in just one or two days. And in actual fact, we see that it takes three months to sort out all these cases later on. We see in verse 16, uh, second sentence, where it says, On the first day of the tenth month, they sat down to investigate the cases, and by the first day of the first month, they finished dealing with all the men who had married foreign women. It took from the first day of the tenth month to the first day of the first month to deal with all these cases, which is a three-month period. So it's going to take some time and you've got everybody here gathered and it's a three-month task basically ahead of us 
We can't do this. We can't all be voting on and, and giving our advice for every one of these marriages. It's just too tricky. Plus, we're all trapped in this one room together. It's going to be really difficult to do. And also, they say in verse 13 that there's another reason why we have to be, uh, we have to turn this over to somebody else is because it's such a serious thing. It says in uh, verse 13, besides this matter cannot be taken care of in a day or two because we have sinned greatly in this thing. It's a serious thing that's been committed. And so we have to be slow about this, make sure it's done right. Otherwise, we're just going to be committing even more sin and God will be angry with us even further for now what we're doing in response to this sin. So how do we go about this difficult matter the Israelites are asking? Well, we'll give the leaders the responsibility. They want to give the leaders the responsibility. And we see that in verse 14. It says, let our officials act for the whole assembly. Then let everyone in our towns who has married a foreign woman come at a set time along with the elders and judges of each town until the fierce anger of our God in this matter is turned away from us. They're saying it's a tricky situation. It's We know what the solution is, but to put that solution into effect is going to be very difficult. Let's give it to our officials to sort out the problem. Now, why would they give it to the officials? Well, firstly, it doesn't waste people's time. And we see that in the what they propose in verse 14. It says, let our officials act for the whole assembly. Then let everyone in our towns who has married a foreign woman come at a set time, along with the elders and judges of each town until the fierce anger of our God in this matter is turned away from us. Let them come at set times. So let's let everybody go particularly those who aren't really caught up in the situation. They haven't married a foreign woman. So let them go, go back to their fields and taking care of business. And those who have sinned in this matter, don't let's keep them all here either. Let's let them come one at a time to see the officials and sort the matter out. So let them go back and sort out their business, keep their lives running, rather than be three months waiting for their ticket to come up, just like we hate it when we go somewhere and you've got to take a ticket and then you've got to sit and wait for other people to have their turn. It's a bit of a waste of our time. But they're saying here, let's let people come at a range time to deal with this matter. And also it means that if you hand this over to the officials, particularly the officials there at Jerusalem, but also the local officials, it means that the matter will be handled justly and sensitively as well. Because let's face it, we can all be people of God, but we're still sinners, and we can do things that are a bit rash and a bit harmful in the way we go about those solutions. And so officials, leaders, are generally more just, because that's why they're in that capacity. They've been recognised as wise people who can make right, right judgments. And also they can be more sensitive if they know the actual people involved. And that's what's being proposed here, is that the officials take care of this, but also he em emphasises that uh, they should come at a set time along with the elders and judges of each town. They're wanting representatives who know the people very well, know the mixed marriage, and can then help understand, help Ezra understand what is to happen in each case. Is this truly a mixed marriage or is the, is the wife willing to worship the Lord and forsake all other gods? And so if you've got, if you've got someone who's closer to the fact, uh, to the situation, that, that couple that's involved, 
then things will be taken care of more sensitively. If we hand this over to the officials rather than letting the whole assembly make a decision about each individual marriage, things will be more just and done more sensitively to those who are involved. Now, who gave this matter over? Who then makes a decision about what is to be done? Well, it's very interesting in verse 14. It says, let our officials act for the whole assembly. So it's the whole assembly giving over this matter to the officials. And uh, the Greek translation, as I pointed out before, when that word assembly occurs in the uh, Hebrew, it is translated as church in the Greek. So the whole church let the officials act on behalf of the whole church. And so it's the whole church that's really giving this matter over. And so then they're giving the, the officials the responsibility of taking care of the problem. Now, the whole assembly is said to give it over, but let's face it, it's a majority vote, but not the full majority either when we look at who hands over the matter. There are some people who register some opposition to the issue and they're told to us in verse 15. It says in verse 15, Only Jonathan, son of Aziel, and Josiah, son of Tikvah, supported Meshalam, and Shabbatai, the Levite, opposed this. So we've got four people who are opposing this decision. But that doesn't mean that the officials don't go ahead and do the thing, uh, take care of the matter. Instead, we recognise that, let's face it, not everybody can be on the same page. A unanimous vote is great when you can get it, but if you can't, swing with the majority. Uh, we'll go with the majority decision on this. Now you may be saying, oh, why did Jonathan and Josiah uh, take an issue with this and then get the support of Levites? Well, whenever I've read this passage in the past, I've always thought that they were opposing it because they thought, oh, we shouldn't be divorcing uh, these marriages. It seems very harsh to send away these foreign women. But uh, it's not quite clear, particularly this verse in Hebrew is a little difficult to translate. It could be that they didn't think the measure was uh, strong enough. They could think that we can't leave this, we need to decide it today. Everybody who's got a foreign uh, wife here, you're divorced. Like This is all going to be done and dusted today, let's take care of this. It could have been die-hard zealots uh, that are really eager to, to get this solved. Or it could be that they thought it was too harsh and, no, no, it's not a big issue. Let's, uh, let's keep these uh, foreign wives. It's not, not that big a deal. So we can't really say which way it goes, but we just notice here that in the official minutes, you could say, of this members' meeting, that it wasn't a unanimous vote. Nevertheless, the assembly went ahead with handing over this difficult matter to the officials. Now, is this a common strategy in the Bible? Is this an unusual occurrence where the assembly gives over a difficulty to officials? Well, there are other examples in the Scriptures, and one of the clear examples, particularly if we look for a New Testament example, is the matter that is taken up in Acts chapter 6, which is an account of the early church and a difficulty that was raised with them. Acts chapter 6, I encourage you to flip there now. As we look at my second main point this morning, the early church gave a difficult matter to their leaders. The early church gave a difficult matter to their leaders. And that's on page 1083 of the Black Church Bibles. If you've got a Black Church Bible, page 1083. In Acts chapter 6, in verse 1, we see a particular problem is raised. Acts chapter 6, verse 1, we read, In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing... The Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. What's the problem? Well, you've got widows in the church 
and they are being given a daily distribution of food so they won't starve, so the early church is taking care of their people who are needy. But the problem is is that some of the, the widows are being overlooked. They're not receiving their daily allowance as they should be. Now, why is this a difficult matter for the early church? Why is it such a problem? Well, we see that firstly it's a problem because this is potentially a racial issue that could explode. One of the big problems in the early church is dealing with the conflict between the Jewish race and other races. And you see that again and again played out with the issue of circumcision, becomes a, a hot topic later on down the track as well. It's just this big issue in the early church of the Jews versus other nations and other nations wanting to worship Christ and how can we fit together as one church. And that's what's going on in this verse. What's happening? It says that the Hebraic, uh, the Grecian Jews among them complained, they're making complaints against the Hebraic Jews. The Hebraic Jews are the true Jews. They're the ones who speak Hebrew, the ones who are the true Jews. Whereas the Grecian Jews are the Jews who are Jews. They follow the, the Jewish God and they, they've uh, taken to the Jewish Messiah, Christ. But they're Greeks. They're Greeks by nationality. And who's getting overlooked? It's the converts from uh, converts to the Jewish religion or the Christianity at this stage. And so what's happening is it looks like there's a preference to those who have always been God's people and the newcomers who have only recently become God's people, let's overlook their widows and not give them a food allowance. They're just being overlooked. And so this is a potential racial conflict that's going to explode in the church and you, what could end up happening is you're going to end up with a Hebraic church and a Grecian church as a result of what's going on here. It's a serious matter and it needs to be resolved. It needs to be that all the widows are getting the same daily distribution of food regardless of their nationality. And it's also going to be a problem, it's a serious matter to deal with, because it's going to be time-consuming. Just like we saw with Ezra's situation, it was going to be a time-consuming thing to take care of. We see that in this text, it's pointed out that this will be time-consuming to solve. So the 12, we read in verse 12, that's uh, verse 2 I should say, so the 12, that's the apostles, gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. They realize that we need to sort this out, but really we don't have time as apostles to neglect the ministry of the word of God to wait on tables. It's a time consuming to go around and distribute all this food to all these widows. It has to be done. It's important that we do it and that it's done fairly, but it's going to take up our time and we've only got so much time and we've got to minister the word to people. And later on we see that they also talk about prayer. They say, uh, we'll give our attention in verse 4 to prayer and the ministry of the word. They've got to pray, they've got to teach the word, and now they've got to wait on tables as well so the racial conflict doesn't explode. So what are they to do? How are they to solve this problem? Well, they do it by giving this matter over to other leaders. They give some leaders responsibility. They promote some people to deacon positions and give the responsibility over to them. And we read that in verse 3. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. 
we see here that they recognize we need some leaders. We need some people who are going to act as deacons here in the church and solve this matter for us. We know that, well, they know the solution, but they will take care of the matter. Why hand the matter over to them? Well, it means time is saved for the apostles. It means they can go back to prayer and the ministry of the word. And it also means that the matter is handled justly and sensitively. Just as we saw with Ezra, they wanted to make sure that the officials would do it because they would do it justly because they're upright people. And we see here that the qualification to, to be a deacon is someone who is full of the spirit and wisdom. So we don't just get anybody to take care of the distribution of food. We hand it over to officials who will do it justly because they're full of the spirit and wisdom. And also they'll be sensitive in this matter, if we give it to officials who we know will be sensitive about this and make sure that it happens. And it's very interesting who they choose to be leaders, deacons, that will take care of this matter. I think they choose the very best people to take care of it in a sensitive way because of the names of the people who are given the matter. In verse 5, we read uh, these names. Who, who's given the responsibility? Philip. Procurius, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch are convert to Judaism. They're all Greek names. These are all Greeks. Now, why is that important? Well, the conflict is between Greeks and Hebrew Jews, Greek Jews and Hebrew Jews, and who's missing out on the food? It's the Greek widows. And now who's the one distributing the food? It's Greeks who are distributing the food. And, and you even see that it's a convert to Judaism. Someone, it's emphasized there, uh, about Nicholas. He's a convert to Judaism. He really is one of the new crowd. And so he will make sure that the Grecian widows are going to get their daily distribution of food. And so by handing it over to the officials, rather than letting everybody try and work out how do we distribute the food, we hand it over to these officials who will take care of it in a just and sensitive way. Who gives this matter over to these officials, though? Just as we saw with Ezra, the whole assembly was giving it over. Here we see again that it's the whole assembly agrees that this is what we're going to do. We see uh, in verse 3 that it's emphasized that the, the whole assembly should be involved in this decision. It says, Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. It's not the apostles choosing the deacons. It's the brothers. It's the church that's meant to choose the people who are going to serve them and then we'll turn this matter over to them and then you see in verse 5 it says this proposal pleased the whole group we don't have any mention of anyone opposing the decision uh, so it looks like a unanimous vote which is wonderful uh, the proposal pleased the whole group it wasn't as though the grecian uh, uh, christians were like yeah yeah let's do this and the hebraic christians were like no 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 the hebraic christians knew that there was a problem and it pleased the whole group let's not burden the apostles with this Let's get some deacons involved and the whole assembly, the whole group, recognize that we'll turn this matter over. Now that's the New Testament. We've seen the Old Testament has an example of handing difficult matters over to officials with Ezra. And we saw, we see also in the New Testament that they do this again, that there's an instance of a, a, a serious issue and the solution is taken upon by officials. What about us today? Should we continue such a practice? 
Well, that brings me to my third main point. My third main point is that Christians should give difficult matters to their leaders as well. Christians should give difficult matters to their leaders as well. You may have difficult circumstances surrounding sin in your families, in your life, and it might be difficult because many people might be involved, just like we see with the Israelites. There were many people there involved in this sin. It might be a difficult time of year for you to resolve the sin that's going on, might be that time of the year which you think uh, would be the easiest time of year to sort things out, which is Christmas. Uh, everybody should be friendly and, and goodwill and cheer at Christmas time, but generally people are more stressed than ever, uh, getting through everything that they need to do, uh, winding up before they take that annual leave. And it may be that you uh, have a particular situation going on in your family and it's just that difficult time of year. It may not be Christmas, maybe something else, a difficult period of year, and you just need some extra help in solving that sin problem. It may be that your sin problem can't be taken care of quickly. It can't be handled in a day or two. And so you need extra help. And it may be that that sin is quite serious. Remember the Israelites said it was a great thing that we've done, a great sin, and we need extra help. And the solution may be obvious, but it just may not be easy to complete that solution, to handle the sin that needs to be handled. How should such cases be handled? Well, that's where you give your leaders the responsibility of helping you take care of that sin. Why would you do that? Well, it prevents wasting other people's time. If you particularly go, uh, you need to get a lot of people involved with that particular sin uh, or there's a lot of people who could be have an interest in you solving that sin, that's where you get your leaders to come in and sort out the problem, to try and give some wisdom into the matter. And you give it to them because they are people who are generally more just and more sensitive in handling situations of serious sin. After all, that's why you put them in positions of leadership. They're people who have wisdom, full of the Spirit, as we see in the New Testament, and they then are able to use what the Spirit reveals to them to make just decisions. Not make rash decisions where they end up sinning against the person that's involved, but make just decisions and handle it in a sensitive way, that they're kind and gracious, they practice the fruit of the Spirit as they handle that situation that is there. And who should hand that matter over to officials? Well, it should be the majority of the church again. Even if there's opposition, it should go over to, uh, it should be the whole assembly continues to give things over to officials. And I love that Ezra appears in the Old Testament there to set an example for us of congregationalism. I'm a Baptist because I don't believe in infant baptism and I'm also a Baptist because I believe that congregational church government is the government that we see in the scriptures. You see there in Ezra that it's not Ezra saying, I'm going to hand this matter over to the officials. No, it's the whole assembly, the whole church that hands the matter over. And then in the New Testament, it's not the apostles who hand the matter over. If you think that there was anyone at any point in the history of the church, it would be the apostles who can hand such matters over. But instead they say, no, we're going to propose a solution, but you guys are the ones who are to hand this matter over to deacons. And that's the way it is today as well. We have congregational church government at our church because we believe that is what is taught in the scriptures. And so you choose the officials and you choose what matters to give over to your officials. Why would you do that? Because you don't want to waste your time sorting out all sorts of problems and you do it because you know that your officials will do it, your elders and your deacons will do it justly and sensitively. 
So I think we've got to remember that. If you've got a serious sin problem, take advantage of your officials, of your elders, the church leaders, and your deacon. Take advantage of them. They are God gifts, God's gifts to the church. We see that emphasized in the New Testament. To have leaders in your church is a gift from God. Take advantage of them. Use them as we see them being used in Ezra, in the time of Ezra, and the time of the apostles. But is there another principle that you can learn from Ezra about handling difficult matters, handing over difficult matters? Well, that brings me to my fourth main point this morning. Christians should give difficult matters to Christ. Christians should give difficult matters to Christ. In the end, we have to remember that we have many difficult matters. We have many sins that need to be dealt with, and we know the solution, but we aren't very good at taking care of that and putting the solution into practice. What do we do in such situations? Well, hand them over to the officials if you think needs be, but also remember to hand them over to Christ. Hand them over to God in prayer. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Why should you give serious matters over to Christ? Well, for the same reasons that you give them over to earthly officials that we see happening in the New Testament. It prevents wasting people's time. You can try and sort out your problems for yourself. You can get other people involved as well. But Christ is far better at dealing with some of those really serious sins and pretty much all our sins can be solved by him far better than we can solve ourselves. Many religions solve your sin problem by adding more things into your life and you've got to work harder still to work out those problems. But we as Christians know that we have this wonderful God. We have Jesus Christ who can sort out so many of our issues so quickly, so efficiently and save us time so that we can go on and continue to glorify him. Why else should you hand the matter over to Christ? because you know he will deal with it justly and sensitively. You may be able to hand matters over to your church leaders to try and take care of as well, but they're still sinners. They will still make unjust decisions at times. They will still be insensitive at times. Hopefully they'll be a little bit more sensitive, a little bit more just than if you got everybody involved. But ultimately you need Christ to sort out your serious sin problems, all your sin problems, not just your serious ones, but particularly your serious ones. When you recognize you committed serious sin, your first step should be to go to Christ and come before him in prayer and hand the matter over to him. And if you're not a Christian and you're here this morning, recognize now that you have a major sin problem, a collective sin problem. All your sins that you've committed over your lifetime are standing against you before God and you will be punished one day for that sin that you have committed. And there is only one solution to that problem, the problem of God's wrath against you, and that is to give it all over to Christ, to ask him to bear His your sins upon his shoulders at the cross because that's why he came into this world to die 
was to die in your place and take the wrath of God on your behalf. You might think that by doing good works you can somehow overcome your sin and avert the wrath of God. You cannot. It needs to be that you hand that sin over, not to yourself to take care of or to somebody else, to a priest of some sort, confess it to him and he'll absolve you of your sins. No. The Bible is clear, you must hand your sin over to Christ. And he takes care of it. If you are truly sorry for your sin and trust that he died in your place, then he handles the matter for you. As the great leader, the great king of the Christian church, of God's kingdom, he takes care of the matter for you. And if you are a Christian... I need to ask you this morning, do you hand difficult matters over to church leaders? To be quite honest, Dremoyne Baptist Church utilises its leaders quite well. How do I know this? Well, I am a leader of the church and I recognise the freedom that I have in this church and the other elders have in making lots of decisions. I've heard of churches where no, no expenditure over something like $50 cannot be done by church leaders without full church approval. And so the church has to meet regularly, more than quarterly I'm sure, to spend money. They have so much control over what the leaders can do that the leaders aren't really functioning at all. And I love that at Dremoyne Baptist you give me freedom, particularly as the teaching elder, to make many decisions through the weeks without coming back to you for approval on everything that I do. I was told that when I came, you'll have great, you, you, we'll give you lots of freedom here. One of the other elders told me that. You have freedom here to do what is in accordance with the word. As long as you're ruled by the word of God, you'll have great freedom. You can do what you like. You can look at which ministries you want to run. You can do what you like. If you want to teach scripture in the schools, go ahead, Joel. You've got freedom to do that. You make those decisions. And that is because you, the members of Des Moines Baptist, trust me to make such decisions. And I love that you do. Are you going to continue doing that? Are you going to follow the example of the Israelites in Ezra, the, the new Christians in Acts 6? Are you going to follow their example and hand things over to your leaders to be able to make decisions that are just and sensitive? And do you also hand serious matters over to Christ? Make good use of your leaders but do you make sure that before you go to your leaders, you've handed the matter over to Christ? Christ sometimes uses church leaders to help solve those problems, but often he just takes care of it for you. I've seen that in my own life. I have difficult meetings sometimes to get to, and so each morning I pray through my calendar, and my life just, my, my day just goes so much easier, I feel, if I pray about my calendar before I begin the day. I wake up in bed and I, I, I do my devotions in bed while lying in bed, particularly during winter. It's just so much warmer. And so I, the first thing I wake up, I, I start my devotions, and the first thing I do is I pray through, well, I have one list that I pray through regarding sermons, but then my second list is my calendar. And I pray through all the tasks I have that day, and I pray for the meetings that I have that day. If you meet with me at any time, um, personally, one-to-one, I have prayed about that meeting. Be short of it. I've prayed about that meeting before I have it with you. And particularly if it's a sensitive meeting, I'll pray again about it again through the day as well. 
I pray about them because I'm handing it over to Christ before then I try and handle it myself as your church leader. And that's what you need to be doing with all your serious sins that come up in your life. Yes, we're to confess all our sins, but many sins we aren't even aware of. But when you recognise you've done something really wrong, first port of call is not ring me. Ring Christ. Talk to him. Hand the matter over to him. And he will take care of it in a way that your pastor cannot. And if you're still struggling, then call the pastor. But go to Christ first and foremost. He is a leader who has been given to you to help sort out your serious problems. Go to him in prayer and see what he does in sorting out difficult matters with the right solutions. Now let us come before our God in prayer. Let us speak with him. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word and how it encourages us to thank you for the leaders that you have given us. We thank you that you give us leaders in our families, in our communities and in our churches to help us deal with difficult problems. But Lord, we thank you for what your word teaches us about you and about your son Jesus Christ and how you are the supreme leaders and how we can come before you in prayer and give you our serious problems, particularly that problem that we have of needing atonement for sin. We thank you that you take care of that single-handedly. If we come before you in repentance and faith, the wrath of God is turned away by Christ. But Lord, we pray that we may continue to come to you as we struggle against sin. May we come before you and hand this matter over to you. And may we see you solve our problems again and again by your strength. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.